This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now in our fifth season, looking in the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. I'm Richard Woodward and you are tuned into the flagship show available every week on video and audio for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or more of football conversation. So make your Monday a Blue Monday. And as always, when I give this introduction and this gentleman is on the show, it feels like I'm driving someone else's car. Um, Pod stalwart, founder member Ben Bloom. How are you doing, Ben? I'm I'm feeling disruptive, mischievous. I'm feeling like trying to knock everything off track and just do you ever are you ever in one of those ruinous moods where you just Always. destruction. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling playful but I'm good. I've been to the fireworks in Mogger Hanger. Um although I think Joe's been to the fireworks in Kesgrave or Woodbridge or something like that. So yeah, um I'm probably gonna make a lot of people laugh and irritate the other half today. You're going to try and phase me. You haven't yet, but, you know, there's plenty of time to go. And the aforementioned football manager, scout, ITFC Academy expert, Joe Fares. Joe, how are you doing? And tell yeah. us all about fireworks. It's, it's yeah, no, like good. had an adventure this evening. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm good. The football manager new release was out on Friday and I haven't had too many complaints about the data so far. So that's all good. Yeah, I've just been to the fireworks at Kesgrove High School where a certain former Ipswich Town goalkeeper was hovering outside watching the fireworks from the road rather than paying the five pound to go in because would he, have, would he have been on manchester city's payroll at some point as well no he's still on the ipswich payroll as our highest paid player but the five pound to get across the road to go into oh. kesgrove high school was obviously too much for him so he had to hang about outside am i being dumb i don't know who, who is it am i uh, have oh, i missed something really yeah, oh, wow yeah. 
the Bartman was there hovering outside on the other side of the road with an extra five pound in his pocket. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do fireworks in Millwall or Ipswich, I think I'd probably choose Ipswich, really, because I think probably in Millwall, the fireworks, it's not a display, is it? It's more for weaponry. Anyway, let's not slag off Millwall too much. Um, we've got um, a weekend of no football, um, so no match to talk about, but we've got a Rochdale preview. I've got an AGM to talk through. Um, Joe has been doing some nerdy stuff that we're all fascinated to hear about, about how great the last decade has been for ACFC. Um, so plenty of stuff to talk about, guys. Um, should we crack on with the AGM um, I went to, on Thursday? I went to Barnsley versus Bristol City, but that's totally irrelevant to any of this. Uh, you can, carry on. Was that on Friday? That was that on, on Friday? Friday yeah. I did want to mention, I went to um, Sheffield Wednesday Leeds and saw Dominic Iorfa play centre-half quite well. Carry on. Did he ever give the ball away? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's um is he actually not too bad was he just really Fine. iffy for us yeah just that's he right he's, he's... he should have played more for us he was struggling to keep jordan spence out of the team though which <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah that's an indictment isn't it um <laughs> let's deal with the agm then um where lambert um and his management team basically turned up including leo neil as well um i've got some quotes for you and it'd be interesting to get some thoughts um greatest satisfaction um no surprises um here um i think the fans coming back i think that's the biggest thing i said before there's no game without the supporters there goes paul lambert i must remember <laughs> to thank him i thought it was when that that little greek fella invited him to his wedding he was rubbish he was rubbish um <laughs> the big thing be I... giorgio couldn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um the, the thing I guess I'd want to draw most attention to, guys, and we've talked a little bit about um, injury records and how kind of the stadium got a little bit um, dilapidated in recent times. But this is a quote from Lambert. The training ground was horrendous. It really was. I keep going back to it. For the size of the club, it should never, ever have happened. I'd never seen anything like it for the size of the club. I could understand if it was a small club and that was the foundation um, of it. What was wrong with it? Everything. It was terrible. Joe, you're a, a frequent visitor to Playford Road. Was it as bad as Lambo's making out? Um, not really. From I, I obviously only see the outside. I don't think it was that bad. But then it's the only training ground I've seen. He's what he's been working at clubs with recent Premiership history in the big money era, where they've spent a lot of money on their training grounds. And like I say at the moment, they've just put up some hoarding around it, which says Ipswich Town, which is. I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't walked down the footpath recently where you can actually just watch the first team train from. Whether they've got hoarding in front of that now, I don't know. But I, say it's, it's, I, I can understand why Marcus Evans hasn't invested that much in the training ground because when you look at the numbers that teams spend on it, like Brighton spent 30 million on theirs, Crystal Palace are spending the same, Norwich have spent a load on theirs, and last year they put a bond out to borrow five million pounds from the fans to improve their facilities. Like I say, we had to put a 4G pitch in, and that, that cost us sort of stuff like two or three hundred thousand pounds to put in. And you just do not have that money as a bog standard championship club without parachute payments. There was, yeah, there's a lot of chat about um, security stuff, the fencing, people could just come off the street and play football. Um, but then Jim Henry, the fitness guy, said that they've spent 90 grand, Ben, on a recovery suite. I don't know if that's a sauna or. You know, some candles and stuff like that. Some, some um, resolve. Does that, yeah. And a bacon sandwich. <laughs> does that well, um, seem like money well spent to you? Well, we've kind of looked from the outside and heard 
some quotes and interpreted them in a certain way and then conflated this with the injury record and mm. such and such and kind of the, the the dumb logic from Ipswich fans is that the sports science hasn't been very good so I guess any investment and any upgrade in that is good I just think Lambert's very very good Rich at thinking exactly what a fan would think and saying what they would <laughs> would like to hear I'm not saying these things aren't true but um you, you know, even though he's kind of burying the previous regime for not keeping the training round up, you want to you wanna hear all this. And I, I just think the thing that we've come back to over and again is, OK, greatest achievement, bringing the fans back. OK, what next? Now the fans are back. Mm-hmm. Now we're uh, 14 games in, in the top two. It's, it's the, the what next thing. And I think people are um, very full of anticipation to, to see what the answer to that question is. Yeah, it was part of this the kind of more cynical element of the sport. You are not yet convinced by Lambert is he's great with the PR. And as you say, getting bums on seats is great, but um, we want to be entertained. I think we want to see ninety minutes, and a lot of people want to see promotion as well. So there's a lot of pressure there to kind of for the next year. This is kind of culminated with his one year in charge. Um, there's some other bits and pieces on internationals, which I don't think is any surprise. Um, um, talking about why he'd rather postpone matches rather than play them. Um, I'd rather go into games with my stronger squad rather than having two or three that aren't there. It's like going into any fight, um, and he probably knows more about that than I do. Um, you want your best armory behind you. Um, we've got Oxford, which is likely to be postponed um, in the next few weeks. Um, are we are we accepting that this is the way it's going to be now? It's, or, well, Richard, I guess this, it's is, changing this is mind, about is to rear its head this week, isn't it? Because Rochdale is the first one that was postponed and then reorganised. Um, so you're now going to get the um, 2020 hindsight if the game is lost or not won, because I think people are expecting a win, especially after a 10-day 10-day break context is all with these international things if you if you hit two points per game across the cancelled ones it's brilliant if you don't you, sh- you shouldn't have cancelled it so um i think i think rich we get we get a bit more of a bit more of an idea on i told you so after tuesday don't we yeah and the trouble is there are away games at the moment joe aren't they and and i guess you'd rather would you rather travel on a weekday rather than a weekend i i don't know whether maybe it's another one for you to check in your stats your you surfing the case <laughs> that one on this kind of stuff but whether whether we're better on weekends or weekdays i i generally get the sense that we're better on weekends don't you or am i just making that yeah up? I, I i can't remember many away wins midweek but Milton sort of I was sort of talking prior to this season, where just in general, but I, I, I appreciate that Lambert is damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. But just as fans, the season just doesn't really feel like it's got going yet, does it? We mm. we have a we play three games and you have a break for ten days and you play a couple more, then you have got a two week break and then I know considering one of the sort of benefits to the fans of coming down to League One was more regular games, more games to go to, more Saturdays without international breaks. I don't know, it's just been a bit shit so far isn't it? <laughs> i might i might not see us play on a week on a weekend this month I've, and i've got a season ticket to be fair i'm on holiday for one of them but I, i'm not going to go back for lincoln next weekend no. um, but, with, but without that lincoln game we don't have a saturday home game which is until november the 23rd the one before that is saturday the 28th of september so you've got all of october nearly all of november without a saturday home game mm. in the league it's ridiculous yeah, 
Yeah. Um, so, but I don't think um, Lambert's going to change his mind on that one. Just um, final few bits and pieces from there. Um, Leo Neal um, got asked about um, these transfer sell-ons, Ben. You know about um, all of the good players that we've let go that you've seen play for either Villa or Brighton. Um, sorry, uh, Bristol City last season and then go on to uh, Premier League this season. Um, but he's, he, he didn't comment on the value of these sell-ons, but um, did remark that he doesn't believe that there's a huge amount of investment needed in the squad in January. Um, I think it's fair to say at the moment that we have probably one of the strongest squads in the league. So if we were to bring in anyone, they've got to be better than what we've got at the moment. Um, if they continue the way they are at the moment, there's healthy competition amongst the squads. I think Marcus was very generous in the window um, and in the summer when we were looking to strengthen certain areas. we've got, I think we've got a question about January, um, but do you see any any reason to spend, or you, given our history of not exactly chucking money around, is that likely to be it for us? Well, I want to see us start to use the transfer market in a more effective way, in, in the way that, and Joe's talked about this a lot, about being championship ready if you are going to go up, and I want to see the teams in the championship that use the transfer market the best, I'm talking about Brentford, Bristol City and Preston, they sign every transfer window. It's not, oh, what do we need? What's this, that, the other? They're always looking to bring in good players to integrate to, in future, sell on. And you do not have a chance in the championship if there's no Jack Stacey or James Justin or the Barnsley guys, uh, Lindsay or Pinnock or Kiefer Moore, who went. You do not have a hope in hell in the championship against parachute teams if you don't have assets that you can then start recycling. So I, I think every, especially if you're looking to compete in the championship, which we think we're going back to, I think every transfer window, you need to be looking, you need to be recycling, you need to be not afraid to sell um, at the right time as well. So um, I'm not sure how many teams do well without you know these big, long periods of not bringing anyone in, but that's very presumptuous and looking ahead, but you always want to see good new players come into the club, don't you? And there's something to be said, Joe, about two of our biggest, uh, two of our biggest names are Chambers and Skews, who are both kind of on the wrong side of 30 or how old do you think they are? Mid-30s? Yeah. 30s. 35, I think. Yeah. Chambers. So, so to Ben's point, are we not looking at incremental improvement and a bit of future proofing of the squad and integrating players quicker rather than waiting for Scoose and James to go, that's it, I'm walking away. I mean, Scoose has got the ready-made replacement in Downs, Chambers, maybe Wolfenden, but you've got to be bringing in, you've got to have a bit of a conveyor belt and a bit of a longer-term plan than waiting to have gaps in the squad, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that is what we're doing. When you see the squad at the moment, I commented on it, I think when I was on the pod a couple of weeks ago, how there's a lot of players with contracts sort of 20, 2021, 2022, the young players. And it does look like they're trying to sort of tie up the squad there. But you just have to keep your eyes open in the market. And for example, when we signed Freddie Sears, that deal sort of fell on our lap because we were so local. But he's available 150 grand or 200 grand. You've got to pick him up. You've got to look for these players that are going to be out of contract in the summer and try and steal a march on them and bring them in. And like I say, I don't think anyone's expecting big business in January. I think it's going to be a case of potentially one or two just trying to freshen up the squad if we can. But I'd say if the right player's available, and I'm I'm sure we've got shortlists in place and we've got players that we're watching and we just need to make sure we're in a position to pull the trigger if we need to. Yep. Um, 
so we've got a question on on the January window, guys. So um, keep that in the back of your mind. Um, last few bits and pieces of news. This is more like announcements. Um, if you want more on the AGM, by the way, I'd recommend the um, Phil's great write up on TWTD. Always does a really good job of that. Um, so go and check that one out. Um, there's a exhibition, guys, celebrating um, our various. Um, important moments over the years the 1962 league title 78 cup win the UEFA cup in 81 and the playoff victory in 2000 some kind of memorabilia and that kind of stuff and um, never seen items to the public it's in the town hall till christmas eve i believe so that's just a kind of an announcement that's housekeeping that is I've, i don't want to comment unless either of you been there yet i don't know no. i was actually in town and then i God, came sort of as a university on Thursday, came out and all of a sudden I saw it had been on. I thought, oh, I would have stopped in to see that. But I think there's a pop-up shop there as well. But I will at some point go there and go and have a look at it because they, the guys who do this, I presume it's Liz Edwards and those guys, they do put on some good displays and there's some always some good info. So I'd urge any fans that are in the area, try and stop in and have a look at it because it'll be worth your time. Yep, good shout. Um, Tommy Smith is back at the club, but not with a view to rejoining us. Um, he's just completed the season with um, Colorado Rapids in the MLS, and he's set to sign another deal with them, um, but has not dismissed the opportunity to come back to Ipswich in the future. Ben, are you one of these people that is never go back, um, or do you think there's a place for Tommy Smith? Not necessarily. How old is he? I think he's 29 now, I think. Yeah, I think he's 28, 29. He's... <laughs> It was a. We remember it, it happening, and that broke just before a game, didn't it? I'm trying. I can't remember yeah, which the game was. Yeah, yeah. That he was. I think it was the FA Cup game against Sheffield United. Right. Okay. Yes, that's about. Yeah. Yeah, it was always a bit of a. Um, oh, look! If anyone is going to go, why, why Tommy? But hey, we don't know the um, we don't know the ins and the outs of it. Um, I, I don't. I don't, as a blanket rule, Rich, say um, never say never. Ne- you know, never go back because there's occasions when it works out horribly and occasions when it when it works out well. Although generally, as a club, I find um, players that leave us—it's it's always been strange. I found with Ipswich that you're a big fish in a small pond here, and really not that many go on to. You know, you talk about John Walk, maybe Matt Holland. You know, go and have good careers, but you know, who really goes and then? goes off to the you know to the stratosphere so um if he's training then then brilliant he would be so he'd find it so easy in league one though wouldn't he joe yeah like he's he's a good player he left-sided center half which is a big gap in the squad and i'd say if there was any chance of getting him here i'd 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 take it straight away but now with sort of chambers enciala wilson and wolfden all contracted until whenever they're contracted till, but I think till the end of next season, all of them, apart from maybe Toto, you can't really carry that many centre-halves at this mm. level. And if we are going to stick with three at the back, then there's maybe an argument for it. But personally, I think James Wilson signed and probably puts a spanner in any works of us going after Tommy, if he even was interested. And like I say, unless there's a major injury and something happens, it sounds like he's going to be signing back for Colorado for another year is what yeah. he's expecting to do. But he still lives in the area. His house is still here. So if he was coming back, this move would suit him more than any others. But I'd like to see him back. Many times, Joe, um, perfectly legal to smoke weed in Colorado as well. I'm sure Tommy Smith isn't <laughs> smoking weed in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly... <laughs> in Mile High City. 
Blimey, the lawyers this this season, Ben, when you've been on the him. That was to protect Joe. That's on the tourism boards in all in Colorado when you land in the airport. Um, I good. wasn't Let's advocating move on from... the casual use of drugs. <laughs> Start with him. Um, <laughs> um, let's um, let's finish off the news by giving a shout out again to um, ICFC women who won again. Um, needed a 94th minute um, winner from Natasha Thomas, but um, puts them top by three points. So looking good for ITFC's women this season. Um, and let's hope that the men can join them at the top of the league on Tuesday. Um, so Joe's been doing homework. Um, he's not. He's deliberately not told us any, anything about it because I think this is really depressing stuff, isn't it, Joe? You've done some analysis of the last decade's worth of Ipswich Town matches, no? It's only just the players that we've used that over is. a decade. I haven't looked into it that much, but just I, I, somebody posted a thread on those were the days uh, earlier in the week about a sort of team of the decade, and a lot of people, including certain players, and I, I, I was just interested to see how many players had played, how many games they'd played. Because a lot of people, for example, were including David Wright at right back. And then you looked, and he's only played 14 games for us this decade in 2010. So it's like a bit, so it's a bit strange on that side. So I um, spoke to the renegade stat man, got him to whir up the stat machine, and he sent me over a spreadsheet, which I've been devouring sort of since then. But it's just got some interesting bits in there. So Just quickly, Joe, do you judge it actually from January the 1st, 2010, or do you go by the actual football season? No, just January the 1st, 2010. Okay. So the, the, the decade of the calendar year. Or whatever yeah. it's going to be okay, called. Go so yeah. can you take us back, Joe? Because I've, I've put out large chunks of this decade from my mind. So are we talking, is this Roy Keane in charge, January 2010? Um, Do I need to get... I haven't, actually, I haven't actually checked all that out myself, but I'm pretty sure it was Roy Keane in charge at that point. Right. Till up and... Wait. Let me get... I think he was get... sacked at the start of um, 2011, actually. Right. So yeah, so he had the first 2010, sort of January 2011, because I was in Australia when he was sacked for the Ashes, which were 2010-11. Doing the Nottingham Forest, uh, yeah. Go yeah. Um, Sorry, so yeah. basically the starting 11, so if you look at the 11 players who've got the most appearances for the club in this, they, they sort of fit into a 4-4-2, so that's how four, I've lined four, them up. So you've got, yeah. you've got you, and there's going to be a common theme to this as to who was a manager for most of these players, but bearing in mind he was in charge for six years, it's not that thing. So in goal is Bartosz Bielkowski, 178 appearances, still can't afford £5 to go to the fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> um, right back, Luke Chambers, 336 appearances, which I don't think would be a surprise to anyone is the most appearances by any player this decade. He'd pay 10 quid for the fireworks, wouldn't he, Chambers? Yeah, he'd and he'd put some in the charity bucket as well. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the two centre-halves, Christoph Berra, 185 appearances, and Tommy Smith, who had just been speaking about 255 appearances. Wow, 255. Yeah, he's, the, he's got the most appearances of any academy player to ever play for the first team as well not including the sort of the old YTS days and whatever it used to be in Bobby Robson's day. But since the academy systems came in, it's Tommy leading the way. Left back, Jonas Knudsen, 155 <laughs> appearances. That could have been Trigger a fair amount more. For the listeners there. <laughs> yeah. And he basically left 20 on the table last season. So he could have been about there. Um, right midfield, Carlos Edwards, 174 appearances between sort of right wing and right back. Cole Skuse in central midfield, 256. Luke Hyam, actually, alongside Cole Skuse oh, wow. in central midfield with 146 appearances, Bloody which hell. was 
which was a surprise. How many? How many? One four six he made for wow. us. Wow. Yeah. So, and then left midfield. He's playing out of position, but it's Freddie Sears. So what do you expect? That's where he <laughs> has to go. Over 176 appearances. And up front, Daryl Murphy two two five, and David McGoldrick one five nine. So, as you can see, that it's almost the playoff team there, isn't it? Bart, Chambers, Berra, Smith, Scoos, Hyam, Sears, Murphy, McGoldrick. So <clears throat> that is the spine of that team there. But in the decade, we've used 200 players exactly. But I don't know. I don't, see, the thing is, I haven't compared it to other decades. I know if that's a lot or not a lot. And only 15 players have made over 100 appearances in the decade. I was going to say, there's probably so, quite a, a low bar you could set for maybe 10 appearances and below. Yeah. And you well, get rid of maybe 50 70, players. 76 players, actually, 10 appearances all below. So yeah. I did so, actually Surely, as one. time goes on, that number will just get higher and higher with bigger squads and more rotation and more games. You You'd think imagine, that would be the most, so, wouldn't you? Yeah, there's 36 academy players that were selected. But that includes Kieran Dyer and Darren Ambrose, whose academy days were quite a, quite a way before then. And just a quick quiz on this. And we, I can go into a sort of a team later, but only five players have scored 20 goals in the decade for Ipswich Town. So just have a go at guessing those five. Murphy. Five players have scored 20 goals. Yep, Murphy. 67 goals. Comfortably the most. Yep, 45. Freddie. Yep, 30. Trying to think who scored goals before Mick's era. Did Ch- has Chambers got twenty? Chambers has got sixteen. God. Okay, one of them is a centre half. What Berra? Who's made two hundred and fifty-five appearances? Tommy Smith. For if- uh, Tommy Smith. <laughs> he used to score from corners, and then we stopped doing that. Who's the other one? The other one is the other one is a striker, and DJ is- Campbell. No, he's scored 10 in 17 games. Decent wow. strike rate. Michael Chopra scored 19, so he's one below. Waghorn, 16. Brett Pittman, 15. And the other one scored one of 20 goals is Jason Scotland, who scored 21 like, goals. Yeah. I, as I say, the early start, early part of that decade, I don't know about you guys, but I've completely that is just drifted because it's so mediocre. I just drifted out of my mind completely. I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't tell you half of any of the players that were in Keane's team or... Jules team apart from the fame, apart from the big name loanees, but it's not a, it's a bit of a sad indictment, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, it's a decade wasted of the and it's and that's nine years of the Marcus Evans regime as well, isn't it? Probably nine, nine years, 11 yeah. months, three well, days. Well, and guys, when you're talking about the second tier, you're looking to get players in your team who either can take you. Um, up to the top level or take themselves up to the top level. And yes, David McGoldrick is there now kind of out of nowhere with Sheffield United, but you go through all of those players and they're players where the championship from, I don't know, 8th to 15th is there. That's been the top of their career really, isn't it? Yeah. So there's... Just this is another bit I've done, but there's 34 players that have played more than that have started more than 40 games, or 33 plus Flindad who started 39, who I assume is going to get there. And you look through it, and the players that have played in the Premiership, sort of Mings, Creswell, Webster now, obviously McCauley, Delaney, Christoph Berra did before he joined us. Um, I say, is it a surprise at, that um, that? 
is a, <laughs> I don't want to pat Mick on the back here, but all the apart from McGoldrick, are all the players that have left us to go to the Premier League defenders? Yeah, to go to the Premier League, yeah. That's a yeah interesting coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, but if I just just this quickly, if you can decide between the two of you, the team of the decade of players that have played more than forty games, I'll just shout them at you. So in goal, it's either Dean Gherkin or Bartos Bielkowski. But yeah, maybe we could put some, a poll out on this on the feed at some point. But fullbacks, you've got a choice of Mings, Kenlock, Spence, Preswell, Nudson. Carlos Edwards and Luke Chambers, really? Yeah, it's not great. We we knew the right back situation to be a problem from for most of the decade. I'd have Mings now as a centre back. Yeah, isn't put he? Mings as a left centre back and Cresswell as the left back. Cresswell on the left, yeah. Okay. But then not... Mings never played left centre back for us, so it's not really but our he has team for of the decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, centre backs: Webster, McCauley, Delaney, Webster, Berra, Webster, Webster, Smith, Chambers. God, Webster. Yeah. Surely reach Webster. Webster with Mings. And who will we be playing right back anyway? Yeah, Webster's got to be in there. Uh, Carlos Imagine Ed- Mings and Webster. I'd have Carlos, Carlos Edwards at right back. I don't know what you think, Rich. Uh, Mick, I remember Mick come in and he said, he's not he's not a right back. And I, and I had thought that since day one, since he'd played there. I just, we haven't had any good players, have we? Okay, this is when it gets a bit scrappy. Wide midfield. Jet. <laughs> Paul Anderson. Andy Drury. Jay Tab, Grant Ward, Lee Martin, and then maybe oh, Freddie Sears oh, to try and push yeah. a bit. Oh, wide players, left back to side. Yeah. Pretty terrible, aren't they? And I don't then, know what to say to that, Joe. Um, I'd, I'd put yeah. Jet in just to make David laugh. <laughs> and then centre midfield, there's. Well, it has to be skews, doesn't it? Bishop, Douglas, Kevin Brew. <laughs> Obviously, Jonathan Douglas, yeah. So you, could, you could recreate Scuggles. How many did Douglas play in the end? I don't know, more than 40. Um, David hell. Norris, Grant Ledbetter, Luke Hyam, Cole Skews, Flynn Downs. Would you have Skews in there, Ben? I'd, have, not... I'd definitely have Skews. I'd yeah. have a fit Skews and Bishop. That's probably our best balanced midfield in the yeah. decade. Although but... Led, Ledbetter maybe has had the best career, but maybe not, <coughs> not with us. But... Not with us, yeah. Carry on. And then Strikers, Brett Pittman... Michael Chopra, Jason Scotland, David McGoldrick, Freddie Sears, Daryl Murphy. Scotland's underrated, wasn't he? I thought. Yeah, didn't, he was he, never... didn't he score 16 goals in a season for us? Yeah, he's, he, well, he doesn't uh... have a bad record. If you, let me just look him up, and then we can move on from this exercise. But he scored 21 goals in 58, 59 starts and 38 sub appearances. Doesn't it depressingly so have nearly to be 100 games? Have to be Murphy and McGoldrick though. Which it shows be, really, doesn't it? It didn't get any better from twenty. That that was the peak of the decade. Sixth place, just in, in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah, that was by, by quite a long shot as well. What's the take home of this exercise, Richard, about this last decade? I'm kind of. I'm thinking, have we learned anything new about this apart from it's been a decade of crap? crap. Yeah. So I just thought there's some a few interesting bits in there, but. but... Joe, this is sort of at shows. least one thing about being down in League One now. We may get a player get 20 goals in a season. We may get a, a couple of young players come through and do well. We may score 85 points in a in a season. I suppose um, that's something to end this decade with. You've got to think that Flynn Downs and Norwood are going to, and maybe Jackson are going to be the ones who skew the stats a little bit more in a favourable direction, but. Livy, yeah. I mean, I need to go back and re. I need to rewatch some of those season reviews from the start. Of the naughty, uh, the 
teens, what is it? The teenies, the tens, whatever it is. I don't I, think I you'll just, enjoy doing that, Rich. I probably wouldn't bother uh, if I was you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have to have a good time. Yeah. Well, good, so you're going to post some of these bits and pieces up, you and Statman, do you think, Joe? Yeah, I haven't I haven't spoke to Statman about it because they're obviously his stats, so I don't want to step on his toes because he oh, can okay. be a bit of a prima donna with his stats. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, he won't be listening to this. He won't. No, he's, he's not on it, so he won't be listening. <laughs> That's well. I I do like a bit of it. We need to have like more stats episodes. I think more nerdy analysis because I've I've been doing some stuff about Rochdale. I'm quite happy to we go into Rochdale. I can Let's talk to you it. a bit about Rochdale. And get some if we have the Rochdale team of the decade, please. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you how. Grant oh, Holtz in it. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah. Who else has played for Rochdale that we know? Ian of? Henderson, who scored about Ian Henderson, two hundred and eighty appearances, one hundred and five goals. Boom, straight off the bat. Ex Norwich um, youth player. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, um, so he'll bound. He's bound to score on Tuesday, isn't he? Um, let's let's start with um, their season so far, guys. Um, I assume you're not Rochdale experts, so feel free to chip in anything that you know here. Got some um, good young players, including that Luke Matheson who scored at Old Trafford, wasn't there? Lee Matheson, yeah, the um, right back. Um, so um, played 16, won five, drawn four, lost seven, currently 14th. Home record is not as good as the away record, actually. Only two wins at home, um, three draws, three defeats. Um, a bit inconsistent. Um, in the last six matches, three defeats, three wins. Um, but Tuesday night is their first ever fixture against ITFC which we're all super excited about. Um, their fans, what an honour for their fans to come up against the best team League One has ever seen. <laughs> 10,249 that can fit into the Crown Oil Arena. See, I've got all the stats for you guys. Um, do you know who's in charge there? Is it 
Is it Brian Barry Murphy? Is oh, he there? Hi, Joe. Yeah, you see, yeah. this is good. Um, he took over from Keith Hill um, in April. Um, Are you just um, reading their Wikipedia? No, basically. No, I rewrote the Wikipedia <laughs> myself. So I'll get on to the stats, Ben. Thanks for uh, chipping in there, yeah? <laughs> I had nothing. Constructive. Just <laughs> slag it off. Um, was just just that, that Luke Matheson who scored. He, he was playing for Rochdale last season when he was still sort of at school as a 15-year-old and he sort of made his debut and he said there was a big interview of him in the athletic last week which was quite interesting and they were saying how he had to like wait outside the changing room after the game before so all the players could oh, sort of get changed yeah. and leave because of like safeguarding issues and things like that so he then had to go in on his own and get changed after the game and he actually scored the equaliser at Old Trafford a few weeks back and he's a good player they lost they had another good prospect which they lost to Norwich is it Adshead? England under 18 or 19 interna- international who Norwich signed in the summer. Oh, I wasn't on a Wikipedia page. Sorry, Jay. Um, one thing I have spotted, though, of their last um, four defeats is they've conceded two or, well, three or two or three goals before the 30 minute mark. So every time they've lost, they've conceded early. Um, Wickham, they scored two before 30 minutes. Wimbledon scored three past them before 30 minutes. And they're well beaten by Oxford um, on the 26th of October. That was 3-0. That was before 30 minutes. And yeah, uh, this weekend, and we'll do a run-up, a round-down through the the fixtures in League One. They conceded two early goals, including an own goal against Bristol Rovers and couldn't get back into the match. So I think this is an important thing for us to be paying attention to. We generally have this same kind of, we score first, we win kind of mindset or heads drop like they did against Accrington and Rotherham if we don't score. So it could be quite a cagey start to the match. Um, they had 65% possession, 16 shots, eight on target, nine corners against Bristol Rovers on Saturday and couldn't, couldn't get back into the game. So um, off the back of a disappointing result there. Um, it's a 4-3-3 formation, guys. I don't know. Um, we'll talk about us in a second and what we do about this, but um, there's no kind of, you've mentioned Luke Matheson. Um, Henderson, the captain, is uh, is another name that people might know. But otherwise, it's it's generally a lot of unknowns. Paul McShane's in there. You might remember him um, from Hull. Um, Reading. And Reading and Man United. United. Youth, I think. Um, and I think Aaron Wilbraham is there as well. I think he might be out injured at the moment. Suspended, um, isn't he? He's he suspended. Um, so that's that's kind of the extent of my research on um, Rochdale, guys. Um, your thoughts on whether we stick with the same team that beat Southend or whether that was just a 4-4 F and 2 reset to get us back on track? I, f- I think we should probably. I think we could probably stick with that away there. Like, they they play a sort of like a Barcelona of the lower league style. I know they pass and pass and pass, but. They got they got did they get tonked six 0 by someone earlier in the season as well? But they 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 scored a goal where they'd sort of basically worked the ball up the pitch from their goalkeeper to sort of sort of walk it in at the other end for put about forty passes together and they, that is a style they try and play but they get beaten quite heavily when they do lose so I think Peter it's just Brooks a team six nil James yeah I think I think it's just a team we just need to go out there show them we're better than them attack them Norwood and Jackson up front wide men on him and just go for the early goals which they're yeah they've been heavily beaten looking at these um, results by Wickham by Peterborough they've lost to Sunderland as well looks like they might be able to do their Barcelona the lower leagues against um, 
the bottom eight, but maybe yeah. not against the um, not against. I was going to say the big boys then, but that would have been very presumptuous. It's a very good point you make, Rich, about the um, the early goals conceded, and I I know um, we've gone back and forth with Joe on the WhatsApp about this, but how many of those 16 shots were at two nil down from outside the box when um, Bristol Rovers were were sat back? And you've seen the pattern of these games at. Milton Keynes and at uh, Burton, um, where we've done exactly as you suggested you wanted to see it go, Rich, where 4-4, F into, nice intense start, bomb those fullbacks forward, try and get the overload up there, get the goals and um, and, and sit tight. So um, I, I, I very much like your statistic about the goals against in the first half hour at home. We've, we've got um, slight issues over Vincent Young, um, and Downs is suspended, isn't he? Um, your thoughts on how he deals with that, guys, um, Ben? Yeah, well, I, I wanted to ask you guys about Kenlock as well because he he mm. hasn't been mentioned the, you know, by anybody the past few weeks. Um, I assume I I don't know because Vincent Young's such an important um, kind of ball carrier type guy in it. It just didn't go very well without him at Accrington, um, mm. did it? So he um, wasn't great at South End, though, was he, Joe? And no, he, he struggled there really. He didn't he didn't really have a chance to get in the game. He put in a block tackle early, and then that seemed to aggravate whatever he had. It's been in Doha, by the way, getting um, some yeah. physio there. But yeah, what's your thought about Kenlock, Ben? Would you? Well, no, it's just he's, he's just kind of um, you know we were a bit dubious in those first games at um, Burton and whatnot he's giving away free kicks and um, you, you would you would be watching with your lofty position from the stand thinking right the logical thing to do here is this and he he, he wouldn't seem to do it and um, just seems like one of these ones where it's a done deal now and um, out he goes and garbets in for the rest of the season um, it's just do we have another right back if um, if uh, Vincent Young isn't around and We've seen teams, uh, uh, Accrington did a very good job of putting Colby Bishop on top of Guion Edwards, didn't they? And mm. people spotting the weakness there. So, um, especially if it's a 4-3-3 and they've got guys guys high and wide. But um, I think Downs might be the might be the bigger miss, mightn't it? Is, it a, is Dynastian the choice at right back, guys? Is... Well, he was on the bench uh. at... Accrington, I think if it's sorry to interrupt Joe, I think if it's a four four F in two, then Danassian would would be the choice over Edwards and it is gonna it's gonna be a back four, isn't it? So mm. um yeah, maybe maybe we see maybe we see Danassian back. Any other thoughts there on Joe? The other things yeah. that we the, the wide midfielders as well, we talked about with your stats, um how <laughs> our choice yeah. the choices at wide midfield, but in a four um, is there an option for Garbutt going further up and Kenlock being the full? Yeah, that's what that's what I was actually going to say actually because Danny Rowe and Guion Edwards haven't really offered anything in like Rowe had a decent start to the season, but in recent weeks he's been poor. Edwards has been poor. Neither of them are sort of creating or scoring. And I'd almost be tempted to get Kenlock back at left back with Luke Garbutt ahead of him or Garbutt left back with Giorgio ahead of him. But I think Kenlock is Garbutt isn't a very good defender really. He, he loses his battles. He doesn't win his headers. He's He's a bit of a passenger at left back, but he sort of affects the game a lot going forward. Yeah. You've got you've got to find place for him in the team. He his set pieces are good, and he yeah. he's he's got to play. But but Joe, think... it's that extra man that's the effect, isn't it? It's the um, yeah. you know having a fullback coming into midfield rather than just having Luke Garb on the pitch, isn't it? 
Mm. But, but even at set pieces and stuff like that, they, oh, brilliant, yeah. they, mm. they do improve us. And it's a case that maybe maybe Garbutt goes back to left midfield and Kenlock comes back in at left back where he's a, he's a bit stronger defensively. And right back, Janoi Danassian, Luke Wolfenden has played there a fair bit in the... Did right in the second half, he's didn't played he? There for, yep. he, did, he did well at South End. He's played there for Swindon a fair bit. I'd so almost Richie, be tempted to Chambers thinking... and Wilson at the back with Wolfie right back. Excuse and Nolan... Um, well, I was going to I was going to ask um, Joe's mate Mickey Stockwell is going to be hammering on the point about getting Emmy Hughes in the team. We didn't know uh, suspension to Downs is that the opportunity we went for? I don't know whether Scoose Scoose we obviously went off at Southend as well. Is yeah. this a, is this an opportunity for Hughes guys to? Would you have Nolan and Hughes in there? That'd be quite a nice kind of combative that'd be, slash. That'd be a nice balance field. in there, and Hughes does sit and can break up play and reads the game well like Skuse does but I say it's how fit is Skuse we had this issue last year where he came back looking really sharp mm. and he then came back from got injured came back from that injury and just Missed never a few months didn't he he was kind of coasting well, for three he was supposed to be out for sort of a month wasn't it and then all of a sudden two weeks later it's oh Skuse is back in the team and he never looked right from that point onwards no. and if you think we've got this game this break here and then we've got an FA Cup game on Saturday which he doesn't need to play and then realistically it's Oxford the week after that, is it? And that's so getting cancelled. Check isn't my it? notes, which is going to get cancelled. So if if he if he can miss this game here, he's not going to need to play till the twenty third of November. He's got he's got another three weeks off, and that would give him almost four or five weeks off. And I think the thinking will be the same as with Kane Vincent Young. If if they do have knocks, rest them and get get him fit for when we need him because we've got the bodies there. You could put Andre Dizel in there. You could put Emmy Hughes in yeah. there. John John Nolan. You could... forgot about Andre. Yeah. It's quite, there's, there's, there's enough there's enough options there that if Scoose is struggling in in any way, he's such an important player to us when he is fit that we need to protect him. What's your take, Ben? Who's your midfield pair? It's just listing so many players that fit four two three one better than four four two. But we've we've um we've run this into the ground now, haven't we? And I agree with Joe. Why why Caden Jackson can't play to the left hand? side on a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 but if it's going to be 4-4 F in 2 I'd go with Nolan if Skews is fit I'm afraid I'd probably go against what Joe said I'd just I'd just put him in because he's so durable and and reliable then only hole really is that that right wing Rich I don't know I don't know who you stick down there whether you give Judge another go whether you give Edwards a go yeah Judge is a good shout Whoever he was good is. second half wasn't he Joe last 10 minutes yeah. to south end I think Judge might have done enough to get a start you could even go with my preferred formation of 4 3 3 with Norwood in the middle Jackson to one side and Judge to the other but floating around so you still almost got a front two but they're just quite fluid because like I say for all these people that tell me Jackson can't play as a wide striker I see him getting in behind in the flanks I see him looking up and picking people out he's he's Assistance. just there he's a good yeah. player out there and that ball back to Norwood that wasn't easy he he takes his time he looks up he freezes and then he plays the right ball he did it for Flynn Downs' goal yeah what about he that put... goal against Shrewsbury yeah that was that, that was yeah. Jackson wasn't it yeah, that was Jackson yeah. yeah he doesn't just play aimless balls when he gets in he pick, he looks up and tries to pick people out and I say for his long term career if he can become a good wide striker not the sky's the limit for him but he's going to be a player in in demand in those championship teams of his pace and if he can learn to play that role you just need think... the three midfielders to stick quiet 
quite tight and just hold the hold the fort around there because you get you, I can hear people screaming. You know, defensive protection from Judge and Jackson is going to be non-existent, yeah. isn't he it? Put but Scoose, Nolan, and Emmy Hughes in there as a free. Yeah, you're going to get enough out of that, aren't you? Do you think that four-three-three arrives when Sears returns from injuries? He's kind of just a month away from finish. Do we do we think the right side berth for Sears? Jackson on the left, Nord in the middle is what Lambert's waiting for. Well, Sears was actually playing it. on the left, wasn't he? When he when we were playing that role last year, but Sears is too good a player to not get back in this team. And if if Jackson and Norwood are scoring like they are, then you're not going to be able to drop them. And then it's a case of getting those getting those free in and, and how, how Joe, are you going to do it. Hasn't that been the whole thing from the start of the season that? All the formations have been dictated by the fact we didn't expect Jackson to be in the first team, and he's I think there's definitely played an his way in, and it's now. And this strange thing: we're how do we accommodate Caden Jackson when when we're doing the pods, Rich, before the start of the season? It was how do we accommodate Alan Judge? Mm. Well, I, I think Judge gets the start on the right. If it's a four-four F and two, I think Judge might get the right inside. Um, I agree with Joe. I think Edwards or Rowe did anything to justify another selection. So and then if. If judges stand on the right, then you have to play Danassian or Wolfenden behind him to be Bit solid more. defensively, don't you? Yeah, as opposed as opposed to uh, Guion Edwards or. And I think it makes sense to stick Wolfenden there. So I think we we landed on a a system there, gents. Yeah, if assuming that we don't have the information about Vincent Young might be fine, and yeah. it might it might I'd be like, a, that's my excuse. Yeah. yeah, it might be a non-issue, mightn't it? But I, I think we've um. We figured out most of the eventualities. I think the two-week break coming up after the game is going to be a thing that helps make decisions with regards to Kane, Vincent Young, especially if he's been in Doha. Why, why rush him back when you've got a three-week break effectively? Well, let, we'll find out on Tuesday night. Um, it's a two hundred and twenty-eight point three mile trip from God. Portman Road, um, unless you live in the Midlands like I am and you can shave one hundred and fifty more of those miles off very nicely. So I shall be there on Tuesday. Um, do come and say hello. I might. There's a fireworks display beforehand on the training pitch. Of course, that will go. There's everything goes right with fireworks, so I'm sure that will go swimmingly. Um, will, you be, will you be paying for a ticket? Or <laughs> standing outside. I'll be, the I'll fence. be watching outside the fence. As long as I've not got any hoarding up, Rochdale hoarding to stop the view, um, I will be um, standing out there looking at the fireworks. Good stuff, guys. Should we do? Uh, should I quickly just do the League One roundup and then we'll finish with? Questions, quite a few of those. Um, Shout up if you've got anything to talk about um, on these. Wimbledon 1, Lincoln 1, Blackpool 4, Peterborough 3. Um, Blackpool got great. Blackpool playing their first team or were they playing their under 16? Stop it. (laughs) We've got a question on this. Save that. Um, Bolton, first time win of the season. 2-1 winners over Joey Barton's Fleetwood. I wonder whether Joey Barton had anything to say about that. That's a massive win that is for Bolton. Two in a row. Minus two Fleetwood are a good good side. Mm. Um, Coventry nil, Accrington nil. I was tempted to go and watch that one and I'm glad I didn't bother. Um, (laughs) Doncaster two, Burton two, Chillingham nil, Rotherham three. Rotherham still in a little bit of a resurgence um, after beating us. Yeah, they've got 12 points in the last six. Uh, which is what we'd expect. Maybe a little bit of a slow start for them. Um, but Paul Warren is starting to figure it out there. Someone who has not figured out those Paul Tisdale at MK Dons. He is out of a job. And within 24 hours, your mate from Wagamama's Ben. Yeah. Is, you, yeah, Joe's uh, smelling suggest- a rat with that one, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The suggestions believe on their WhatsApp group. There might be a, a coup. Well, I get a lot of abuse on the WhatsApp group for liking Milton Keynes because I live near um, and people tend to just hate Milton Keynes for the um, 
just for the sake of all the roundabouts and the fact that they kind of liked Wimbledon and stuff. But I've got a bit of a soft spot for Milton Keynes. And I happen to think that is a brilliant job. If someone, I know I sound like Paul Lambert there, if someone gets it right there, you, you know. Oh, no. um, I, I went to see Milton Keynes play Liverpool and it was all full up and you're like, wow, this is this is a lot better than most championship um, setups there. But I thought I thought Tisdale would do great there. I thought he'd be yeah. he'd be the guy and... No, he's just just been losing every week, hasn't he? But Russ Martin, that's yeah. I, I find it I find it very strange that a manager is sacked within an hour of a game finishing, and the next morning a senior a current player, player senior, is a, yeah. who's only been there a few months is appointed as the manager. Uh, like that's that's bad running of a club for me. Like that's got you, Mark Bowen written allegedly yeah, all I, over I, it, hasn't it? I, and <laughs> I'm not saying that Russell Martin isn't the right the best candidate. Isn't going to isn't going to do a good job there. I, I don't know enough about him, but it's that is just rank bad management to to appoint someone that quickly. Where's your due diligence done on other managers that are available? Speaking, actually speaking to people, even if you think Martin's who you're going to appoint, you still want to. You still got to speak to a couple of others to check that there's not there. What about the Rooney rule <laughs> sort of stuff? It's just how how can you appoint a, how can you appoint a manager that quickly? From someone internally who's never managed, it's just, it's, I think, I, I think it's a bad move, and this is why Milton Keynes, despite their lovely bowl of a stadium, are going to s- stick to the bottom two tiers because you can't run a club like that. You've got, you've got to do things properly, and that isn't properly. Well ben, can you talk? Can you talk to us about um, Stokes' management of their management situation? So Nathan Jones, as expected, despite a couple of wins in recent weeks to put off the inevitable was was sacked over the weekend um, and they quickly went after Alex Neal and were told to do one by Preston who are now reporting them for a, for a, a legal tap up there. Um, what's your take on Stoke and all that? And, well, and to an, just to um, kind of get the MK Don slant on this, Paul Tisdale is kind of a fashionable, he's quite a hipster manager, isn't he? Did you feel that he was a fit there and Nathan Jones similarly just not a fit? Is that an important well, thing? I mean, this all kind of plays into the Ipswich thing in that, Nathan Jones kind of gives you the blueprint for setting up a League One team to, as Joe's been asking for several parts, right, can this team now do something in the other division? Have you set up a pattern of play? Is there um, people in the background for when you inevitably have to sell? And Nathan Jones, because we might see Gareth Ainsworth do the same same thing, mightn't we, if someone, someone picks him picks him off and sometimes I think what you're alluding to Rich it's not the best move for the manager to go to a basket case like um, Stoke where things aren't running too well Um, so I think if you could rewind Nathan Jones back to January last year when he's at the top of the league with Luton with his brilliant fullbacks and James Collins smashing loads of goals and his rotating midfielders winning every week I, I think he might he might stay in league one and have a have a crack at the championship that way if that's what you're getting at yeah and i'm also getting a, a, a thought about if i'm alex neil who's out who's doing a fantastic job at preston um do i want to go to stoke and, and rich, risk it similarly people have huge egos top these are elite people in sport they all think oh i'll go to stoke i'll be the one uh, year two and three I'll be the one to I'll be the one to do it. There's more money there. I can I can be in the Premier League in three years with Stoke, whereas Preston, I need to have the perfect the budget. Is but, a little but, bit. Look, yeah. but look at the league table at the moment though. Like we're we're in November and oh, so let me just get up. Um, Preston are what second at the moment? Or, top. No, Preston, Preston are top of the league, 28 points from 15. Stoke are bottom of the league, 
seven point six points from safety. So Stoke are going to be hard to keep up this season as a first thing. Why would you go from the team that's top of the league to the team that's bottom of the league? I know Stoke have got budgets and they've got Bet365 and all their money behind them, but they there's a real chance if you don't get that right straight away, they're going to be in League One next season. And that isn't, no. that isn't exaggerating. They've got eight points from 14 games. Luton are 21st with 14. It's I just a, don't know who, what, what kind of manager goes into... Because I, I can understand why if I'm the, the owner of Stoke... I see Alex Neal as a, as a good appointment because he's done it on a shoestring at Preston. I know he's got Barkheisen and Hugo Money. Oh, uh, sorry, Hugo Money, isn't he? He's done absolutely But it's a great yeah. job there, isn't it? And they're playing really good attacking football as well. Yeah. But but that's a really, it's a really obvious thing to do. All right, I'll look at the league table and I'll just get Alex Neal. Like, I'll look at the League One table and I'll get Nathan Jones. There's a, there's a weird kind of... Stoke are not the kind of teams that an Alex Neal or Nathan Jones... Are managers of? Am I am I wrong there? Do they not need a big name, big stature manager who's also, you know, I've, I don't want to slag off Stoke, but they've never been a, a pure footballing team, have they? Not since they, maybe the Stanley. They, they seem to try it. They don't know. They've, they seem to just be panicking though. They they appoint someone, it doesn't work. They panic. What Gary Brown was crap at the wall and hoping something. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I say, like this plays One into the Lambert is... thing though, Joe. Yeah. Where it, sometimes it's quite good to have a older manager who's not the not the bright young thing, because everyone will be looking at Gareth Ainsworth at the top of at the top of that table, or even blooming Joey Barton or oh, Mark Robbins is a little bit um, older. Um, who's Oxford manager? Carl, Carl Robinson. Robinson. Oh, he's been and yeah, so they'll all be looking at Ainsworth, won't they, and Barton? So yeah. I think we're him? safe so from that Alex point, Neil, though, one of my friends texted me just before I came on the pod saying they went to Charlton Preston today and that. Preston looked a bloody good side and it's like you see him at the top of the league and I said back to him remember when Lambert was appointed we played Preston in his first game had we beaten Preston we'd have we'd have gone above them they'd have gone bottom of the league they'd had a dreadful start they had a lot of injuries injuries, and how they stayed up so comfortably and now they're top of the league and he's done a really really good job there and I think like, I think he'd be mad to walk away from that for Stoke because I think there'll be a better job coming up soon if if he doesn't get Preston up this year had to sell Robinson as well. Um, yeah, interesting. We'll keep an eye on there. I know that's Championship. I know we're. Let's get back to League One. This is where we belong, guys. Um, <laughs> it was it was Tranmere who uh, who saw off MK Dons um, to uh, end Tisdale's reign there. Um, Portsmouth won. Oxford won. Um, Portsmouth still kind of struggling late, along late there. But Oxford, from Oxford. Was it? Was just, it? Just quickly. Reached. Portsmouth have letting a lot of late goals. Tisdale will be in a League One job before the end of the season. Someone will take him real quick yeah um good share of that and and oxford still kind of um i'm gonna go through the league table in a second oxford still up there and thereabouts we talked about um bristol rovers defeating rochdale sunderland and um, parky doing the job but only a one nil win over south end um, and wickham still doing it as well and mm. one um, nil over shrewsbury so that puts wickham top by three points um but two games played um, more than us in second, still in second. Peterborough are now two points behind us and have played two more games. Um, Oxford are also in the top six, along with Fleetwood and Cov. Um, Sunderland just outside with one point behind um, and down the bottom, as you said. Bolton now minus two. Richard, um, I've, I've 11 just, points from safety. I've just got the form table up, and this is how it looks like shaking out, doesn't it? Um, AFC Wimbledon, amazingly sick. So. I think that might be a flash in the pan, but Peterborough have got 11 points from the last six. Ipswich have got 12 points from the last six. Rotherham, 12 points from the last six. Two, two per game for those guys. And Wickham and Oxford have both got 14 from six. You can 
you can see probably a couple of the playoff matches there already, can't you? As long as we're not in the playoffs, I'll be happy. <laughs> we don't do them playoffs very well, do we? <laughs> no. yeah, and Rother- Rotherham are 10th. Um, there's still, still some defeats in there. Rotherham will uh, finish in the top six. Really. The trajectory is there, isn't it? Yeah. And there's some teams you feel... Coventry, I'm waiting for Coventry to have a bit of a blip. Oxford seems to be... I've been waiting all uh, season for Wickham to have a bit of a blip. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, Fleetwood's starting to lose a few as well. It's going to be interesting. Um, Just need to stay above that. I wonder if Wickham will be like Shrewsbury, where they under Hurst, where they sort of stay right at the end. but With a squad of 16 and and running steam. We should be relentless in this league. We should be finishing the league with two points a game. And they're not going to be able to keep that up all season because it, the squad just will not cope with that. And It's going to be interesting. Um, let's finish with the questions, guys. We're timing this just right. Um, I will do this in the order that I see them and I'll feel free to chip in. I'll try and alternate it. Um, Mullet, um, how happy are you with recruitment so far? He talks about Kane Vincent Young being our best right back since Chambers. I think given your stats, Joe, from this decade, it's probably fair given we haven't, I can't name another one. Um, Best right back since Fabian Wilness. Yeah. Um, Thoughts on recruitment, Joe, so far? Kane Vincent Young is probably the pick that, um, but Norwood's, yeah, on a free as well. Norwood's been a good sign. I think we we had a good summer. I think Norwood's been a good sign and I think Thomas Holly has been a good signing and Kane Vincent Young is a good signing. The Loneys, Luke Garbett's, done well enough and it's out of contract in the summer. Giorgio maybe hasn't quite done enough yet. Will Keane isn't fit yet. So, But there's there's been no real failures in there so far, which is obviously a good thing because it's not easy recruitment. Um, Luke Moles, I think there's two of these questions. So let me see if I can find the other one as well. Oh, I can't quickly. Uh, Luke Moles, if they hadn't lost yesterday, um, Wickham hadn't won. Um, Ipswich hadn't played Bolton's under-14s. And um, his aunt had a set of gentleman parts. Where would Peter be in the league table? I think that's a hypothetical um, or a rhetorical question, Luke. Um, but thank you for asking nonetheless. No, <laughs> I, I, I can understand why they're not because the league is unfair that some teams played. The Bolton thing is 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 but a that isn't why we're top of the league and Peterborough aren't. And no. the guy saying the quote second name was Ferguson. Yeah. yeah. Truth. Um, and if you hadn't conceded a last minute equaliser against us as well. And come um, on, look, Rich, every season <laughs> um, a team will play a team with a really good striker. He'll miss that game and they'll win because the striker wasn't yeah. there. Or we'll play so and so away in the middle of a three game week when we played away on the Saturday. And it's just more, it's, it's part of the journey. The journey throws it, it's a whole journey and there's different obstacles. And um, yep. A few teams got lucky to play Bolton at the start of the season. Believe me, and we will get unlucky to play Accrington at 12 o'clock on Sky on Sunday. You know? Yeah, good and call. Like, look, at, look at Rochdale. They've got a free game week this week where they've got to play us in the middle of it off the back of a 10. The league isn't fair and it's never going to be fair. So you've just got to win your games when you play them. Yeah. Um, Adam Flats. Um, <laughs> Would we be having a debate about performances and or tactics if the only source of football courage was the green and every man his dog now has an opinion? <clears throat> yeah, um, including podcasters. Um, would we be saying the same things at Burley's side? Interesting, Ben, as someone who sees a lot of football um, and provides a lot of expert um, opinions and thoughts, your thoughts on 
2019 and and everyone having an opinion twitter and there's a lot more data out there as well you know i've mm. i've proved it i did some cursory research it wasn't just wikipedia um, and found this this kind of goal <laughs> scoring really thing that comment didn't it joe yeah, he's gone back like to that three joe. times hasn't he yeah, slag me. He ruins um, my quizzes or he ruins my research. Stop it. <laughs> um, I think people would still be having a debate because it's it's football fans talking about football. Obviously, everyone has a voice now. And yes, you know, um, 90% of the tweets on Twitter are from 2% of the users on Twitter. We know that. Um, I think the information is great. I think... Um, you know, we've had some spirited debates, particularly with Joe, about XG and how it's used. But I just think the more information, the more you can make an informed decision, but ultimately about something that's completely subjective, that there'll never be any black and white on. So you can never fully agree. Um, and and that's the beauty of it. But no, football fans are always going to be arguing with each other. Just real quick aside, I saw um, Michael Cox, who I know you like, Rich, um, he retweeted a tackle by a, a Watford player. He used to play for West Brom. Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson. And he said, well, no, that's clearly a yellow card um, because he endangered the opponent or whatever and da-da-da, whatever the law said. And 100 people agreed with him. And then some, I don't know, Mark Smith from whatever with a Union Jack as his avatar said... Um, Game's Brexit gone. means Brexit. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> you said, game's gone, case, you can't yeah. tackle anymore. And 100 people agreed with him. So, mm. you know, and that's why we can have a podcast. What just, about with uh, Roberto yeah. Firmino's armpit being offside? Oh, man. As, as tweeted by the official Premier League can example. with Let... the armpit? Is that not handball? Yeah. Probably could, but then they'd disallow it for handball. Yeah, even so though you can't doesn't make your arm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, But the Premier League account tweeted he was his armpit was ahead of defender yes adam people would still be debating it was just agreeing <laughs> yeah, yeah. i wonder uh, like going back to the burley question had we lost to bolton in the playoffs that year i bet there'd been a huge swave of fans that would want burley out for somebody who wasn't a bottler in the playoffs because he'd lost he's had five attempts to get us up and stuff but joe imagine they'd had var in the playoffs and big sam couldn't have peddled that narrative and brainwashed all the bolton fans for years that um Barry Knight was screwy or whatever. If the benchmark for penalties is what it is now, VAR, we might have got three more. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, Michael Cox. Is it Michael? Michael Markin. That book. Yeah, yeah, I bought that this week. I haven't got that. Um, what, the so that was a, um, no, the, the Zona Markin book. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that so European football. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, the big really that. good as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Tony Storton again. Nice how to get read out on the, tw- on the pod. Love the show, guys. <clears throat> um, Steve Ride in the afternoon. <laughs> Round of applause in the background. Um, we've talked about who do you think should start midfield in place of Downs, I think. Um, he proposed Nolan, but Hughes would do a good job if he's fit. I think we agree with that. I think we've, I think we've dealt with that one, haven't we? Um, FPL Tractor um, Lambo said correctly in his view, his brother's achievement in his year here has been reconnecting with the fans. What should he be least proud of joe um fpl tractor has mooted his cap choice in the germany pre-season tour yeah that wasn't very um, it wasn't very lad lad like was it it was a bit, Surely, joe, bit, of, a, bit of a scarfer it's got to be it's got to be the record last season isn't it how and bad joe, we were like a wins splitting from split center halves to um three at the back to diamond midfield to four four two to three at the back to four two three one to the point we still not quite there and everyone wants us to go up but joe said it we need to go up with a discernible pattern of play and 
one or two standout players to have any kind of chance. Yeah, but but just more generally, finishing below Bolton last year and how poor a t- attempt at staying up we put in. Yeah, yeah, and January business. We talked about recruitment this summer. I guess recruitment was as good as we could hope for, but it was still there were still Did some Callum real Elder gaps. Swing a beautiful cross in for Josh Bowler last night for Hull as Hull. well. And Trent Chalibur's yeah. on a winning streak now, isn't he? With with Huddersfield, yeah, with the Cowley. Let's talk about Penny, fit as Pennington's well. Pennington's in at Hull, hey. Um, let's um, yeah. So I think we we dealt with Lambo's um, issues last season. Um, Glory Days artwork, quick one says, um, "How's Harry getting on?" Harry's good. Um, I pinged a few messages with him um, a few weeks ago. Um, he's doing fine. I don't think he's missing too much. Football, yeah, I don't think he's got to too many games either, but hopefully we'll. I've catch forwarded him that to him, though. Um, you can tell. Oh, good. Days artwork, so, yeah. I was going to say you you obviously didn't speak to Harry today for such a limited Rochdale preview. So. <laughs> uh, Joe, <laughs> get the digs in. You might not be on the pod with me every weekend, Joe. If this is the way it goes, I'm checking. Um, Jason, um, question for Ben. Um, given your championship immersion, describe three additional attributes. The current ITFC team needs to be successful should we gain promotion. Successful, um, I guess, is not dropping back down to League One, I guess. Yeah, so I think the I saw this earlier and had to think about it. So the thing I said earlier on about recycling in the transfer market, that we just died a death under Mick because we never quite managed to develop that player who we could then, after, um, I guess there was... <laughs> Mings wasn't there after that it was nothing and I look and through sorry just to butt in on that point Ben as well there also when you have developed that player actually taking that money back to the market as well yes yeah totally right yeah but I look Joe I can look down here now and I can say QPR will sell as a chair or Bright Samuel for a load of money and regenerate Blackburn will sell Dak Derby will sell Bogle Brentford will sell Ben Rama. Derby will also sell their soul at some point. <laughs> Five players. <laughs> Haven't already. Um, Barnsley will sell Mower or Woodrow or something. And and I think our fans need to accept that it is better for us to go up, sell Flynn Downs for five million quid. I know you know people are not going to want to hear this. Um, bring in three players and start the regeneration with the idea being that two of those players might raise you 10 million quid because it's just so hard. Um, look at Norwich and Sheffield United did it without parachutes. Norwich sold Madison and Murphy, Bosch Bosch, 30 million. Uh, Sheffield United, brilliant. They did it with David Brooks for 10 million or whatever. But that's that's the thing I think we need to do. Who's the star player? Who's going to raise the 10 million quid to get somewhere near the... 41 million quid that three teams are getting when they come down. Other than that, Rich, it's the physical stuff, isn't it? It's durability, size and speed. You need all of those in the championship. And I always say if you are in the second year of your plan in the championship, eight teams will sack their manager and go into year one of a new plan. And if you're in the second year, you should be able to take advantage of those teams. But that's if you're just hoping to stay in there, if you want to actually move up. I, th- I think we need to be a bit wiser in recruitment. And like Joe says, Brentford spend way in excess of um, turnover on wages to keep regenerating, regenerating. And they build the whole thing around creating chances for a striker. And how many have they sold on for billions and billions of pounds? And they're bloody Brentford. Mm. 
still in the championship, aren't they? Yeah. And I, I know, I know that was only a hypothetical Flynn Downs for five million. No, you know what but, I'm saying. No, but but really, he he is one of the players that could be the ten, twelve, yeah, exactly. million pound player, mm-hmm. the sort of young English through the academy. They're the they're the players that are worth the money, and you've got to. And like like with Mings, when we sold him, we didn't reinvest that money, and then so we you, went uh, back to that point. You've got to you sell some for eight million. You've got to get free players exactly. for a million and a half each. That's my yeah. point. Flynn Downs, sadly, is worth more to you for the three players you can get. And we always quote: out goes Kieran Dyer, and in comes Jermaine, Jermaine Wright, Wright, John McGreal, Marcus Stewart, Marcus Stewart, and Gary Croft, and you get promoted. Yeah, and yep. that's more use than Kieran Dyer could have got injured in that next season. Yep. You can't You can't expect, I know we had it under Mick, but you can't expect someone to keep going back to the well and still and finding sort of gold every time. It reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where Marge buys that dress and, and she but Joe, keeps redoing it. goes back to your team of the decade, doesn't it? Hmm. They're all workmen that Mick went back to the well to get and it's finding the stars. This is all assuming we go up for Jason, whoever asked the question. But that's my thing. And I don't think Ipswich fans should be afraid. Obviously, don't do a Barnsley and sell both your centre-backs and your top scorer. You know, don't completely wipe your team out. But you've got to start to generate some kind of flow in the transfer market to work your way up. Hopefully, that's Leo Neal's job to have that yeah. plan. I don't. I think for maybe, maybe the first time in maybe the decade, Joe, um, it feels like we actually have a bit of a plan and a bit of a strategy to maybe do yeah. that. But like, like Brentford are the are the model, aren't they? And they their strategy is the one that has worked sort of consistently. And there's almost like a Brentford tax isn't there of players yep. that play for Brentford, so mm. they get a bigger fee. And you need to you need to spend some time doing that. You need to pull out some gems from. I think we're more likely to do it from the lower leagues than the foreign exactly. leagues, but you've, you've Joe, got can, to be the team that does it. If I can butt in, Joe, sorry. Um, Preston do it brilliantly as well. If you yeah. watch, um, Stockley played up front for Preston. He signed two transfer windows ago and yeah. has been gradually eked in. And now when they do sell on um, Daniel Johnson, if he keeps scoring, Sean Maguire, Barkhausen, um, whoever Pearson, they've got. Yeah. But Sean Maguire's another one that took a long time to settle yeah, exactly. in. We were linked Come in and play. Yeah, I feel like we. This is a whole other pod, guys. We need. We're in the questions over. Sorry. That was a really. Yeah, no, it was really interesting th- stuff. That we might need to come back to that another time. Um, Tim Pashti, I think, quick one here, Joe. Games in hand or points on the door? Which um, <sighs> managers always say points on the door, and I've. <sighs> I'd rather be. I don't know. Wickham are three points ahead of us. We've got two games in hand. Where would you rather be at the moment? Yeah. T- yep. Tough one. To, tough one to say, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Tucker talks about um, Lambo's comments about the facilities. I think we've done that. Um, his view of um, is that um, Mick was slightly culpable for that. Um, we won't go there again. Um, Brad, Joe, we're going back to you on this one. Um, with League One and our squad ultimately being the perfect place to develop a partner play, um, would it be so bad if we tried to develop that more and accept there may be more bumps along the way rather than just focusing on getting wins? I don't. I don't. I. I personally don't think so because I think we've given ourselves such a solid base to work from with what we've done in the early months of the season that when you lose the odd game like a Rotherham or an Accrington, when you can see you're trying to do something, it is. So. It's, it's, it's much easier. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's much easier for the fans to accept what they're seeing there, and and let's say that. That Rotherham game was the first game where we didn't have an academy player on the pitch. That was my fact on that one, and. And that sort of makes a defeat even harder to take sometimes when 
your Wolfenden's, your Downs aren't playing. Mm. Um, I think that I think inevitably there will be bumps anyway. But I think we've all talked about establishing establishing something. And again, the off-field plan that would be good if there's an on-field plan as well that is starting to build. But wins need to be there at the start of it. I think. Um, Arthur Pickthorne, Ben, ask us about. Um, Will Norris versus Thomas Holy on Tuesday. Christ, you take that one, Rich. I think it'd be difficult to drop Norris because he didn't do anything wrong. But then I didn't really know why Holy was dropped in the first Has place. Has anyone done any Chuck Norris jokes about Will Norris? So why have we not pushed that narrative? I don't know. Saving that, saving that till he plays some games. Yeah, <laughs> until he beats someone up. Um, I suspect Holly might start. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have dropped Holly, but then yeah. now Norris is in. I wouldn't drop Norris. I don't I don't really like rotating Norris rotate as a keepers. bit now. I, I think yeah. Holly needs to be the number one. But if Norris has got the shirt now, then he needs to be given an opportunity with it. I quite like Mick's approach, which was you are in goal until you make a howler or two. I quite like that. Um, better than Paul Hurst's approach. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> you're out. <laughs> And I'm telling you now before the game. Um, Justin Grimwood was the other person who asked about um, who would be um, top if Ipswich and Wickham and played Bolton's youth teams. Um, David Strang asked us about Matt Gill. Joe, do you know anything? Matt Gill wasn't at the AGM. Um, nothing, I guess, to read into that. But what's his role in the team? That I think David Strang is maybe having a bit of a go here. I don't know. He says, He's a first-team coach, isn't he? So. Yeah. He contributes, I'm sure, in his own way. Um he was, he, was at, um, he was at Norwich and was very important. He was the under-23s manager and was sort of seen as a very key member of staff in bringing the likes of Aaron's Lewis through to the first team. And from what he sort of said in dispatches, he thinks the sort of crop we've got at Ipswich is on par and ahead of what is at Norwich. And it's just a case of trying to, trying to bring them in and play. So maybe he has more of an eye on that. But he's a first-team coach for Lambert. So. Yep. Or factually accurate. Um, Tom asked us about down in the podcast. I think Joe and I have provided some technical support there, which is always happy to provide service to everyone. Um, Isaac says, if you had to say one player in League One is the best in the league, who would it be? Best? Have you seen anyone Mark, who's blind? You've Mark Madison, Madison, probably, isn't it? Yeah. Ivan Tony looks. Yeah. I think they, there might be a chance Ivan Tony. Um, yeah, might not last past January. The rate he's well, Wig- going. Was it Wigan or Barnsley bid four million for him in August? Really? And um, talk about strategy. I I heard this mentioned on the radio. I think how Peter would do this thing of selling to strikers. Right, you're going to come in and we're going to play in a way that's going to create you loads of chances and you're going to score loads of goals. So the whole strategy is that then we can sell you on and make make you know make profit on on top of that i think that's similar to what i said about about brentford that peterborough just done it year after year but their actual recruitment strategy and their style of play work together so the strikers score loads of goals and then off they go and get sold on so i'm sure there's yeah so well, caden jackson was very close to joining peterborough last year he'd mm. almost effectively agreed to go there before we jumped in at the last minute and there was a twitter chat between andy holt and darren mccampany saying that Holt wished he'd gone to Peterborough because he'd have expected him to play more, was more at his level and Sell probably on. would have been sold yeah. on and they'd have got a big kickback <laughs> at that point. So he wanted him to go there, but obviously you can't tell him where to go. They'd accept a bid from us and Peterborough and we I'm jumped su- in at the last minute to nick I'm surprised Andy Holt and Durham McCannity were so forthright with their views in public, Joe. Well, I never. <laughs> <laughs> There's an eye roll for everyone who's uh, listening to us on there from Um 
couple. There's um, at Marcus Evans on Twitter. He's, he's tweeting <laughs> all the time. There's not a Marcus Evans parody account that I'm aware of. There's loads of Paul Lambert ones. There used ones. to be one. There used to be There's not a Stuart Marcus Watson Evans. Stuart Watson one as well. Steve Watson. Just <laughs> you know you've um, made so. it when you have your own parody account, don't you? <laughs> um, Aaron Stu. Pembish. It's just, yeah. um, um, he expects a squad to slim down in January. Um, do you think any players will be scavenged away by championship clubs? Um, and if not, who would like to see offloaded or loaned out? Um, I, I don't think we'll be losing anyone to championship clubs because I don't think we'll be losing anyone we want to keep. But the squad is too big. It needs to lose. Probably, some... You could lose four or five players out of that and it not be a huge deal. Jordan Roberts would be the one you'd expect loans to go. Do, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I think we'd get rid... There'd be certain players we'd get rid of if we could, but Jordan Roberts, Janoi Danassian, there's probably three or four like that. Yeah. Um, Peckham Blue says, when can we expect Adiemi to be back in the first team? I think he's out of contract and I think he's maybe doing his rehab with us, but... You, that would be a player. You, it's not a position where we're lacking numbers. Is he either, back is on the grass? That's what we, the update well, Woods still there as well. Is I'm he? I'm telling you, Leeds away. We lost three two. He was well good. He was he was a good player. <laughs> Move <Jay>. on. Same <laughs> bad it went, but Grant Ward. Are we going to sign him in January? That's probably it. Sounds like. Unless he can play right back. Um, hey, play down the right. We were talking about that we, earlier, weren't we? Yeah. Um, David Pascoe, who can stop Wickham? They have worrying echoes of Bradford in 1999, he says. Wickham, I'm, I'm going to get a new job. I was going to say, Wickham's problem is themselves. It's either their ownership or their manager doing something to unsettle that situation there, isn't it? Well, there's, they, there's jobs open are, in the championship right now, isn't there? They're a tiny team in this league. And like where we say, like, oh, why would Alex Neal leave Preston to go to Stoke? Why would Gareth Ainsworth leave? Because Wigan, even, Wickham, even if they go into the championship, are not going to be able to compete. They're going to be their budget's going to be smaller than what Burton had when they're in there. So but, he Joe, needs to strike when the iron's hot. That's why David makes a good point comparing them to Bradford, though, because Bradford had kind of when they were challenging us, they'd never kind of been there before, and it was like we'd we'd been there and failed and whatnot. It was their first time, and it was kind of fated that they were going to make it. And I see his point. Like Wickham, you know, have, have they been in? They've been in the championship. I don't think they've been. No, they haven't. And it's it's kind of like fated that they'll get that one chance, a bit like Norwich do. Every time they have a good season, they get promoted, don't they? Um, That it's kind of fate, and that's what Bradford did, didn't they? But but Ainsworth has been linked with so many jobs, and he's he's almost openly gone for them. Like the Lincoln job, he was because he was a he had played a lot of games for Lincoln, is fondly remembered there. He was was touting himself out on the um, well, he was on the Totally Football League show, and he was. (laughs) <laughs> like you didn't have to, you didn't have to listen to that with particularly coded eyes and ears to tell that he was after that Lincoln job. And mm. I think one of these, one of these jobs, Sunderland, he was linked with. He's got, he's mm. going to go soon to the championship, isn't he? Um, let's Mid- um, Middlesbrough. Go on. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's <laughs> another crazy situation there as well, isn't it? Borough was budget cutting F one centre. Let's end with this one. I'll, I'll go Ben you can, and see if you've got any any updates because um, MJ Miller, our mate in Scotland, says most important question of the season so far. When's the next live show? We've kind of said that it will happen. It'll be not when we've got a clash with um, our Kings of Anglia mates. Um, anything to add on that one? March time, we were kind of saying. Yeah, we? we'll, we'll um, I suspect around um, Christmas time we'll put it out. But we did, we, we spoke with the Kings of Anglia guys. We know it's a sort of small pool of, you know, Ipswich fans, ones that listen to podcasts, ones that are actually going to come out, you know, and see a live show. So we don't want to run against them, um, you know, in the kind of spirit of... We don't, we don't want to embarrass them. <laughs> 
um, two good shows equally good <laughs> both good in their own right but um we'll we'll no doubt um organize something for the end of the season also the we need to know what the fixtures are for the end of the season and um avoid international weekends lots so. of three game weeks um i think by the look of it especially league one pitches plus winter is not going to um, be good for the fixtures either. No, yeah, but, sure. no, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely do a live show. We're not being lazy about it. You would not believe the amount of work that um, goes into setting up, hiring a room, and talking for a couple of hours. But um, yes, we, we we had some stressful weeks last week ahead of that, and but we'd love to do it again. Yep, that's it, gents. That is it. It's it's a longer than maybe I thought it was going to be, and with some Always good discussion same. there, good an hour or more. As they say, um, do you want to tell us where you're on Twitter, Ben? Do you want to tell us about all your stuff? At Benjamin Bloom, um, you can find me. Still do loads and loads of championship stuff. So get your prep in early for next year. Learn all about the championship. But in all seriousness, I'm getting a really good look at Luton and Barnsley and Charlton. So for some of our content next year, I should be able to give some pretty good insight into what the League One teams coming up i'm getting so ahead of myself here now um (laughs) did right and did wrong and you know maybe what kind of road we need to follow there um so yeah at benjamin bloom on twitter and on youtube awesome joe where can we find you are you still kind of giving twitter a little bit of a wide berth at the moment yeah i'm on it a little bit more but not a huge amount but i'm i'll read anything that's sent to me and reply if it's worth replying to at ITFC underscore Academy. But big news this week, the FA Youth Cup first round. Our relegation means we are in the Youth Cup first round as opposed to the third round where we normally get go into. And we are playing Kings Lynn Town at Portman Road. So I'm sure their manager, Ian Culverhouse, who's the Kings Lynn Ooh, manager, will yeah, be... Yeah. Oh, the brains to, behind to, Paul Lambert, apparently. <laughs> come here and get, get something over Paul Lambert and his club. I know they're not the... First, I know they're not the first team managers, but that'll be the Kings Lynn boys will be making that a tough game. But our our quality should see us comfortably get through that tie. But it, it isn't going to be easy. But that's Wednesday night. I'm, I'm, I think the kickoff time is seven forty-five. Sometimes these games are seven. But keep an eye on the Twitter feed and sort of TWTD EADT. I'm sure it'll be covered this week. But if anyone could get down to that, that'd be sort of really good. And I can talk about the game afterwards in more detail. Players to watch. Sort of like your Zach Browns, who's back fit, and Tyree Simpson, who I assume will drop back down there after his first team debut. But that'd be really good if we can get a crowd down for the youngsters. Are you going to go there, Joe? Are you going to be doing I that will one? Be going, yeah. Okay, which means you won't be back for the midweek show, which will be recorded on Wednesday after Rochdale. So we'll um, figure out the configuration for that. I'll be going. Ben, you're still deciding whether it's going to be hard. I need to speak. It's a long to my, old drive, I need isn't to it? Speak to my boss tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, um, you can find me at Ipswich, and we'll um, just give all the details for the pods coming up. We've obviously got Lincoln to talk about, so maybe you can talk about the two lots of FA Cup Joe on the yeah. flagship next week. Um, I mean, if the midweek needs to get pushed back to Thursday for any reason, I can cover it on there. But I don't know what everyone else's schedules are. We'll figure it out. We've done a doodle poll. We'll sort it out. <laughs> um, enjoy, enjoyed that, guys. Um, let's. Um, yeah. Well, um, who wants to have the last word? Um, it's usually Mikey, isn't it, or Dave? I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'll do it. What if it goes like this? Do, 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 down, down.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.